0: I'm convinced to this day I got introduced to the demonic world that night. Everything in me, around me, and just all I could hear with, with clarity is take her out. So I killed my high school sweetheart.
1: Shame me to a troubled start With wandering feet and a restless heart As absolutely horrible as his crime was, it wasn't too horrible for Jesus to forgive. Nothing is. Tim Terry is our guest on this episode of GPS,
2: God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Tim's story is one of redemption, not just any kind of redemption, but the kind of redemption that only Jesus Christ can make happen.
1: GPS,
2: God, People, Stories. Tim Terry has walked through a lot of darkness, experienced a lot of tragedy, but that's not how life started for him. Tim remembers his mom as a God-loving woman who had a heart for Jesus. My matter of fact, there was four children. She raised us
0: in church every time the doors were opened and was very diligent in family altar, family devotion every night.
1: She was loving. She lived out her faith passionately. So Tim has never quite been able to figure out why his mom did what she
0: did one day when he was 14 years old. And I get a phone call from my little 12-year-old sister, just out of the blue, just total hysteria saying that mother took my twenty-two pistol, stuck it to her heart, and killed herself.
1: It was a day, an event, that turned Tim's world upside down.
0: That morning when I got that phone call and when I got to the house and I watched him roll my mother out on the gurney with a sheet over her, I literally shook my fist in God's face with an anger that I can't even explain to this day, saying, God, if that's what I've got to look forward to when I grow up as a Christian, then leave me alone.
2: Tim wasn't just angry.
0: He was hurting The pain and the hurt was so insurmountable that I didn't know what else to do but to try to go on a pursuit to find something to numb the pain. Now, Mother's suicide note uh, had pleaded with Dad on the last line of her suicide note for Dad to please keep us four children in a Christian school she had just enrolled us in. So I knew Dad was going to do everything in his power. But from 14 to 17, my life was just, I mean, I was just one rebellious, angry dude. Uh, that at 17, the pastor of the school sent me down and expelled me. Uh, I was causing so much chaos in the Christian school. I'm bringing marijuana to school. I'm bringing Jack Daniels. I'm just all these crazy things that totally went contrary to the faith. And he kicked me out.
3: Was the prodigal once lost but not found.
2: That was not something Tim was prepared to tell his dad. He was afraid of his dad. So he ran away and went to live with an uncle in Miami. Turns out this uncle was a cocaine dealer.
0: As a 17-year-old that's away from God, mad at the world, mad at God, mad at my dad, mad at everything that stood for what was right, man, I'm, I'm right in the middle of a party that I'm thinking, wow, this is a childhood dream come true.
1: After a few months of living the dream in Florida, Tim heads back to South Carolina for his high school sweetheart. They get married and have two children. And then they discover that Tim's wife has cancer of the uterus and she's going to have to have a hysterectomy
0: her parents pleaded with us to get back in church, give our hearts back to the Lord and rededicate our lives and let God take this tragic situation and turn it around. And we did. As a matter of fact, the pastor got my wife and got the elders of the church, and we went downstairs to a little basement church on, on the side of a mountain and got out a bottle of oil and opened up James 5:16, and they began to lay hands on my wife and begin to pray.
1: But there was no miraculous healing. Tim's wife had to have the hysterectomy. The doctor warned them that the surgery could have a big impact on her emotions. And in fact, Tim believes that it was that change in his wife's emotions that led her
0: to leave him and ask for a divorce. Now that mama's gone and my wife's gone, I really have given up all hope. As a matter of fact, for the next seven months, my whole life, I mean, I'm already smoking dope. I'm already drinking liquor. I'm already, it's a quarter of Jack Daniels' a day, and I'm already trying to numb the pain. So this is, escalates even more. So the pain got so much greater that I started searching for something to even numb it more and begin to stick a needle in more. Got introduced to heroin. Then it was cocaine and then LSD. So for seven months, I was on a just on a mission to trying to die and just couldn't die.
2: Then Tim's wife called him in tears, asking to get back together. He immediately said yes, and they started making plans to move from South Carolina back to Florida. But just a couple weeks later, everything changed.
0: Come home on a Friday night. No, we'll forget it. I walked into what I know now, I didn't then, was a bipolar down cycle. Uh, My wife just changed her mind, said she didn't want to get married. Uh, Matter of fact, she wanted me out by Monday. I tell you, it's like somebody reached inside my heart, pulled it out of my chest, and threw it on the ground and stomped it. I'm convinced to this day I got introduced to the demonic world that night. Everything in me, around me, and just all I could hear with clarity is take her out. So I killed my school sweetheart.
1: Shame me to a troubled start With wandering feet and a restless heart
2: As soon as Tim had killed his wife, he tried killing himself with a heroin overdose, all while the couple's one- and three-year-old children were in the next room. Tim's suicide attempt failed, but he passed out for three days. He woke up Monday morning to the sound of his sister and the police beating on his front door. Tim eventually told the police everything that had happened.
0: They put handcuffs on me and locked me up. Because I turned myself in, they, they dropped it for murder to manslaughter and gave me 30 years. Sentenced me October the 1987, level three, maximum security prison. And I'm 21 years old. I'm still mad at God. I'm still mad at my dad. I'm mad at the world. I've really built this wall around me that nobody's going to get in. And my answer to life is, stay numb on dope, and anything you can get your hands on, you'll get through life.
1: For the next seven years, Tim masterminded a drug dealing ring inside the prison. Then one day, in 1994, a fellow inmate invited Tim to go to a meeting with a ministry that happened to be visiting the prison. Tim had zero interest in anything Christian. But they were bringing homemade brownies.
0: Now, you don't tell a pothead about chocolate chip brownies. I got to tell you the truth, that that reeled me in. I said, listen, if we're going to do chocolate chip brownies, sign me up.
1: The ministry was made up of a group of people from every walk of life who went into prisons to share the love of Jesus and to let inmates know that there was nothing that Jesus couldn't forgive. Something about that first night got Tim to thinking.
0: So I go home that night, and my roommate and I had rigged up a cooler with a false bottom in it, where we had all, all of our marijuana stashed. In my normal ritual every night when they locked the doors and locked us in for the night, we'd, we'd get that cooler out and just roll joints until we went to sleep, you know, just smoked until we passed out. So it went nothing different that night, except when Roger held that joint up to my upstairs bunk. I took a hit off of it, and I looked at it, and I thought, there got to be more alive life in this. I passed the joint back to him, and I wondered what the next day was going to look like and fell off to sleep.
2: That next day was going to look like no other day in Tim's life. He went back to the ministry meeting, and the first person to speak was an ex-con named Paul who'd been involved with several murders. He talked about the way Jesus had transformed his life. Tim ran up to Paul afterwards and asked him if he really thought Jesus could transform him the same way.
0: He said, Tim, there's only one way to find out if God can do for me what he's done for you. For the first time in your life, you just need to get serious. Now, he didn't leave me in no prayer. He didn't say, repeat after me. He said, you just need to get serious. Well, I knew enough about Bible and God and church that I needed to hit my knees. And I began to talk to God like I'm talking to you now, and I'm just saying, God, I just know that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I don't even understand Mother Suicide, God, and I really don't know what's happened in my life for the last 29 years, but I just know, God, if you really have a son named Jesus, and he can bring me peace. God, I don't even care if I get out of prison. I just want to know, God, can you forgive me? Because I'm sorry for what I've done. And feel about that time, there was a ton of weight come up off my shoulders, and there was a puddle of snot and tears on that floor. And by the time I got up off my hands and knees, there was a piece of blood in my soul that I knew I had an encounter with the risen Savior.
2: That encounter made Tim a new man. He began spending time alone in prayer every day. He read his Bible every day. And he formed friendships with other Christian men in the prison. He also broke off his dealings with other drug dealers and users.
1: Pretty soon, Tim had become a prison yard evangelist, pastor, and Bible teacher. And with that, he became burdened by the number of men he saw being released and then ending up right back in prison a short time later.
0: It began clear to me as as I began to interview and ask them questions that all of them would come back with the same responses while they were coming back. Number one, I ain't got no place to live. Number two, can't get no job. Nobody hires an ex-offender. And number three, there's no local church or support team that will help me push through challenges when I get out on the street. God used
1: those three answers to show Tim how he could begin to help ex-cons once he got out of prison himself. That happened in 2002 when he was granted parole. He went on to eventually start two ministries in South Carolina, Jumpstart and Fresh Start. They partner with local businesses and churches to provide people with jobs, housing, and spiritual accountability beginning the day they leave prison.
0: We've had a little over 4,000 men and women go through the program We've had a little over 2,000 released. We've had 4.9% go back to prison. The national stat is 72%.
2: The programs begin two years before an inmate's release date. They go through a 40-week study to learn the importance of submitting to authority, taking responsibility, and having accountability. If they pass that 40-week study, they receive mentoring until their release date. Then they have housing, a job, and spiritual discipleship waiting for them. The ministry is for any prisoner who's
1: willing to submit to the ministry's biblical teachings. Because, as Tim says, God's grace can go to the gutter most.
0: I don't care what it is. There is nothing. The human mind or the human being cannot do anything that will supersede grace. You're talking to a murderer. (laughs)
1: What have you done? Whatever it is, it is nothing that God isn't willing to forgive, if you're willing to ask Him. He wants to transform your life the very way He has transformed Tim's life. We can tell you more about that. It's at our website. Go to BillyGramradio.org. When you're there, you're going to see Grow Your Faith. Click on that. That's BillyGrahamRadio.org. Amazing grace.
2: There's still more to Tim's story of redemption. You'll hear what it is in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
3: You say, well, I'm not a prisoner, aren't you? Billy Graham. The Bible indicates you are a prisoner. There are thousands of you sitting in this great stadium this evening that are prisoners. You're prisoners of pride. You're prisoners of jealousy. You're in bondage to immorality. You're in bondage to some narcotic. You're a prisoner of your fears and frustrations and a thousand and one psychological problems. You're a prisoner and you long to be free. I tell you tonight, ye shall know the truth and the truth that is in Christ shall make you free. First, you can be free from the penalty of sin. And then the second thing, he will free us from the power of sin. The moment you receive Christ as your Savior and Lord, the Bible teaches the Holy Spirit comes in and transforms and changes your life. That can happen to you right now. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now back to the hosts of GPS, Jim Kirkland and Phil Fleischman.
2: As incredible as God's redemption has been in Tim Terry's life, it obviously doesn't bring back his wife and his children's mother. But God has restored Tim's relationship with those children and with his first wife's family. God's also given Tim a second chance at marriage. He met
1: his future wife at a prison ministry volunteer meeting about a year after his release.
0: It's Sunday night and I'm looking across the room at this woman and I'm thinking, God, could this be my future wife? And I gotta tell you. I, I didn't have the slightest idea on how do you date or ask a woman. All I knew was I I knew enough to know that there was something special about this lady.
1: Then she shared with the group why she got involved with prison ministry.
0: And she began to talk, that passion of her love for Christ. And I mean, it's just like our hearts melted. We struck up a conversation and for several years. That's what our dating was over the phone and back and forth. So we ended up marrying several years later.
1: Ooh, this has been a powerful story. If Tim's story has encouraged you, uh, can I ask a favor of you? Would you let us know? Would you share with us how the story has encouraged you by leaving us a comment? It will in turn be an encouragement to others, and I will be the first to confess, it will be a huge encouragement to us. We are so grateful for the time you've given to listen to this episode of GPS. I'm Jim
2: Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Hey, be sure to check out the latest on Franklin Graham's Decision America Tour. All the information is available at decisionamericatour.com. This is GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.
3: Then heaven came down and said you have been found. I'm rich no more.